Guys, can we, first of all, let's thank our worship team for leading us this morning. Amen. Amen. I want to thank our friends, Pastor Melissa and Rochelle and Deja, that were joining the team, uh, and Eddie, who joined the team for the first time this morning as well. Um, so thank you to them for uh, infusing um, into this group and becoming a part of this group. That was beautiful. Um, Pastor Melissa is married to Pastor Ron, um, who is my friend, and uh, he's going to share a few words with us this morning uh, before he reads the scripture passage today. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, which way do you want me to go? Wherever the Lord leads you, you go. Well, I know he texts me. First of all, good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Y'all all right? Yes. Now, when we were upstairs, we were talking about this for a moment, and... Um, I said, I don't, he said, hey, but I don't think we thought this fully through. <laughs> um, you give two pastors mics and on stage. <laughs> I really don't know how this is going to go. He looked at me and was like, you might be right. We didn't think about it. <laughs> um, Start timer. <laughs> you can have as much of this as you want. I'll take what's left over, all right? <laughs> um, it's all you. But one thing we, he wanted me to share with you guys is how you can see God work. Um, is the mic on? One, two, three. Yeah, is that better? Just, can you yeah, hear me better? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but he wanted me to share with you guys how you can see God work um, on different spectrums. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I, we've been pastoring a church for since 2012. Mm-hmm. And um, never knew you guys existed. Right. No, not in a bad way, because you're going to see how God works. <laughs> <laughs> not in a bad way. We were um, actually started in Durham, then we moved to a campus in Raleigh. And the um, name of the ministry is 16 and 25 Worship Center, which are the biblical numbers for love and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And then God started mm-hmm. to lay on our hearts to move to Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. But before you come to Chapel Hill, I want you to sow into a ministry what you're believing in God for. Mm. So that's where we stand now, coming to be of service to you guys. Mm. And then when we found out, um, we have some persons that are part of the ministry that's in the Chapel Hill area. I said, hey, God laid on my heart. It's a ministry somewhere in y'all's area that has a name similar to ours, but Mm. they're not quite like ours. Mm. I didn't know if they would be a Caucasian ministry or Mm -hmm. African American. (laughs) I had no clue. This is how God, see, people don't believe that God has a humor. (laughs) (laughs) But in the midst of it, I started to learn that I have another brother in Christ. Mm -hmm. We sat and we talked over brunch Mm -hmm. and started to hear the hearts of Pastor Matt and where's Pastor Jay? There you go, in the back. Um, (laughs) And just started to hear their hearts. And uh, Mm -hmm. I say crazy to us, but it's right on time for God. Mm -hmm. Um, He shared the vision and the mission mission of this ministry, and it's the same identical to what we had in Raleigh. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man. And every time we get together, we're like two kids. Because you see how you're smiling now? That's, that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. We just like, man, man. He, hey, I'm going to get him to wear a pair of Jordans on stage, okay? Okay? <laughs> he saw me with some Jordans on at um, the picnic last week. He was like, hey, man, you pastors can wear Jordans. I was like, why not? <laughs> we got wings, too. <laughs> um but if we could, can we just give your pastor a hand, an awesome oh, man of God? We've only known each other four weeks now, mm-hmm. and we've been 
on fire with each other. <laughs> Texting, and he's called. He's like, man, I don't want to bother you guys too much. We're like, go ahead, pour it on. He's like, shucks, say no more. <laughs> so I think he has a good word for us today. Um, and I just pray that God use you like never before. Amen. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to do what he asked me to do, which is read this text. It's going to be coming from Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through um, 12. And it's the NIV version. We're going to have it up there, right? Oh, there you go. Okay. Hey, y'all were running fast. <laughs> Flash lightning back there, buddy. <laughs> but it says, hear, O Israel. Tell your neighbor, we need to listen up. Come on, it's okay to talk. It's okay to talk. Okay. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, we need to listen up. Listen up. Okay. Hear, O Israel. Mm. Oh, you're going to read to read with me. Yes. <laughs> the Lord our God. Mm. Oh, let's say it this way. The Lord my God. Say, that's my God. That's my God. Okay, take some Amen. ownership in him. Amen. The Lord our God. The mm. Lord is one. Mm. Love the Lord your God. Say, that's my God. That's my God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your strength. Mm. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Mm. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Mm -hmm. Write them on the door frames of your houses and mm. on your gates. Mm. When the Lord your God brings, into, brings you into the land you, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Somebody say balling. <laughs> It's okay to laugh in church. It's all right. It is all right. <laughs> then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Amen. 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 Thank you. Love you, man. Appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. And thank you, Pastor Ron, for encouraging all of us and, and especially encouraging me today. Amen. Uh, let's keep praying together and um, praying for the Lord's story to be written. Amen. Any of you guys have, a, have an anti-bucket list? <laughs> yeah. Like those things in your life that is, it's like a to-never-do list. All right, like a nah, I'm good list, okay? <laughs> we were driving down the road. Uh, we were on the coast, and there was this plane flying overhead, and, um, and we figured out that it was one of those planes <clears throat> where, like, skydivers jump out of. And I was like, hey, I've got a birthday coming up. Maybe I should do that for my birthday. And Sarah was like, would you really like that? And I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Just trying to impress her for half a second with that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, then I was uh, talking with my son Luke, and uh, we're just walking along, talking, and uh, it's amazing if you just let kids talk, like what comes out of their mouths, you know. So we're just walking along, talking, and he says, "He goes, hey, Dad, have you ever been caught inside of a Venus flytrap plant?" I'm like, 
Not that I recall, all right? No, okay? And then he immediately followed up with, Dad, I dare you to try it. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good, all right? Oh, man, we have these different things in our lives that, that just fall under that category, right? We're like, no, I, I don't think so. I'm going to keep my distance from that. Like certain things that just, when people start talking about them, we immediately feel a wall come up. People start to bring them up or you can feel the conversation steering towards it. And some of you are feeling it right now. You're like, oh, no, he's tricking us. All right, he's taking us somewhere right now. But when the conversation starts steering towards it, you immediately begin to distance yourself. There's an anxiety that you feel. Maybe a disappointment that you feel. A barrier starts to come up. For a lot of us, that's the way it happens when we start to talk about prayer. When we begin to talk about prayer, someone invites us to pray with them or asks us how they can be praying for us or asks us to pray for them, then immediately we start to sense this barrier. There are many of us that are like that. There's an anxiety. There's a disappointment. I prayed and nothing happened. I've been down that road and it's been a negative, hurtful experience for me. Maybe for you it's fear, maybe it's doubt, maybe it's skepticism, cynicism. Maybe for some of you, it's intimidation. I don't know how to do that. Like, that really intimidates me to start thinking about prayer. But for many of us, we have that where we're just kind of, we distance ourselves. We're like, no, I'm, I'm good. Thank you very much. I feel like the Lord is leading us as a congregation over this next year that we're coming into. We've talked about this a little bit together. But as we come into our 10th year as a congregation, I feel like the Lord is challenging us to set this, side, this year aside as a year of prayer and to really lean into that, to really focus in on what that looks like. We talked uh, several weeks ago as we were going through the, path, uh, the, the book of Acts and, and through all those stories in Acts, and we remember Lydia and the key role that Lydia plays in helping to plant that church in Philippi through Paul's ministry there. And it all started because of this place of prayer, right? Did you laugh? I don't know. I saw your mouths move. <laughs> all right, we good? Okay, awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, welcome to the varsity, ladies and gentlemen. It's all right. All right. Hey, I just want to say how much we appreciate all of the team that gets in here and works and has to set this stuff up, take it back down. And it's like, in some ways, it's starting fresh every single week. So thank you to all the volunteers who are part of that. All right? That's good. Yeah. Wednesday mornings, 8 o'clock. Every day. Every Wednesday, 8 o'clock every week. Uh, we're here. Um, we're either in the lobby of the varsity or meeting underneath the marquee. Uh, sometimes we turn that into a prayer walk where we walk around the community, uh, but most times we're in the lobby. And um, several people have been a part of that over these last two years of really helping to uh, cultivate that and um, break up some of that hard ground in that. So thank you for bringing that up. Literally, it says varsity right there. I was getting there. All right. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Uh, but Lydia, uh, Paul meets Lydia at what is called a place of prayer. 
Paul goes to that place of prayer, and that place of prayer becomes the, a place where the change starts, right? Where the shift happens, where the hearts begin to open up. And that's what a place of prayer is, and we want to be that as a church. We want for this to be that. We want for you to be that. Mobile places of prayer. So over the next year, we feel like the Lord is really shifting our focus into that to lean into it. Um, again, it's important to say, though, that prayer has always, always, always been a major part of who we are. It's always been behind everything that we do. It's empowering discipleship and mission and discipleship, uh, discipleship and mission and community. I'd put discipleship twice because it's that important. OK, <laughs> stick with me. Um, and it's always been behind and underneath and layered into everything that we do. But we feel like the Lord is asking us to pull back the curtain on that, lean into it, invite more people into it. Um, over the next several weeks, as we get ready to celebrate our 10th anniversary, you're going to hear stories of specific answers to prayer. Ways that the Lord moved where our heart was longing for something and he opened a door that we could have never opened for ourselves. And so we're going to be talking through that. Um, but just know the Lord is leading us into that. If for you there is this sense of anxiety, and if for you there is this sense of fear or even a sense of disappointment when it comes to prayer, then I'm just going to ask you to humbly walk with us, keep your hearts open, keep your hearts surrendered, and it's possible that through this time the Lord might lead you through a, a, a season of healing around that. For others of you, the Lord might open up a new season of depth for you in that area. He's going to be taking us through as a church in it. As we go on this prayer journey together, uh, today we're going to look at three things that kind of set us towards that. Uh, this series really is going to start next week, but this is kind of a bridge to get us to that point, okay, as we make this turn and this transition. Uh, but there are three things for us to look at that we're going to open ourselves to, submit ourselves to, surrender ourselves to three parts about who God is. I'm going to dig into those today. You heard it in Deuteronomy chapter six in this prayer here. The God who hears, the God who speaks, and the God who forms. All right, the God who hears, the God who speaks, and the God who forms. Holy Spirit, as we move into this passage today, and we do open ourselves up, we open up our hearts and our minds, we submit ourselves, we surrender ourselves. We ask you to form us. God, where there is hurt, I pray that you would bring healing. Where there is disappointment, I pray that you would breathe hope. Where there is anxiety, I pray that you would open up a sense of peace and rest and possibility. Through it all, build trust in us. We know we can trust you. We know you, we can trust you. You've proved yourself over and over again. And some of us need it to be proved one more time. Be gracious with us. Be merciful with us. And walk us into this journey of what it means to be a people of prayer, formed by prayer. Lead us in that. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Uh, so number one, uh, out of this passage here in, in Deuteronomy that we're going to be uh, studying today, uh, the first thing that we realize about God is this. He's a God who hears. All right. He is the God who hears. Uh, what, what you need to know about the background of this moment. So God gives this command to his people. Hear, O Israel. Right. So there's this command that's given to them. But what we need to know about the background is this, that he commands us to hear. But as always, he goes first. All right. As always, he goes first and he opens up that power and that possibility for us. And, and so earlier in this story, um, does anybody know who is given this command? Like, who is the leader in Israel's history who would have been given this, that God spoke this command to that we studied? Moses. Exactly. Exactly. So at this point in the story, Moses is this key figure that God is speaking to, that God is opening this up to and giving this command to, to be given to God's people. But if we take a a few steps backwards in the story, we see the moment where God first speaks to Moses and God begins to show Moses and reveal to Moses who he is. And one of the key things that he tells Moses about himself in revealing himself to Moses is that he is a God who hears. He begins it this way. Moses, I have heard the cries of my people in slavery, and I am moving to do something about it. I have not forgotten them. I have heard their cries. I have seen their sorrow, and I am moving to do something about it. This is the God who hears us. Oftentimes we, we think about prayer and, and we kind of define prayer as talking to God, but really it's so much more than that. All right, it's so much more than that. It is probably a better word would be communication. All right, because within the idea of communication, there's so many expressions that go just beyond talking to God. So prayer is communication with God. At times it can be intimate and comfortable, like a conversation with old friends. But so many times it goes far beyond that. So many times prayer cannot be bound by words. It doesn't need the structure of complete sentences or even of complete thoughts. It has the possibility of expressing unspeakable pain and joy that goes beyond the reach of language. The reality is this. If today, if you're seeing us move in this direction and you're sensing that anxiety or that barrier or that disappointment or whatever else it is, and you think prayer is not for me, I can't do that. That's for some other seasoned saints of the Lord to worry about, right? Then here's what you need to know. The reality is that you are already praying. You are already praying. Every thought is a prayer. Every fear that you have is a prayer. Every moment of joy is a prayer because you are already praying because he is already hearing. He is a God who hears. And everything that is in your heart, he is hearing it and he is translating it even when you don't have words for it. Paul tells us that in Romans chapter 8 verses 26 and 27. He says this, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So those of us who sense a weakness around this area in our lives, he tells us this. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Anybody been there before? You can't even form the words. You're not even sure if you want to form the words. 
You don't know how to do it. You don't know even even what you should be praying. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. What a thought. The Spirit of God interceding for us in our moments of sorrow, in our moments of doubt, in our moments of anger, in our moments of distress, in those moments where we are numb and we don't feel anything at all and we just feel so distant from God. Even in that, the Spirit himself is interceding for us and praying for us when we don't know how to pray for ourselves to the point that he's doing it in wordless groans. In wordless groans, that seems like familiar language to a lot of us when we begin to talk about prayer. And he who searches our hearts, it says, knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with God's will. The spirit of God is interceding for you, praying for you when you can't pray for yourself, forming these wordless groans when you don't have the words to say. And praying according to God's will for you. Stepping in for you. You are already praying. Because he is already hearing. This season for you is going to be healing. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. This season for you is going to be depth. Don't be afraid. Keep walking with him. Keep walking with him. So the first thing that we learn about him is that he's the God who hears, and then we move into this passage today, and we see that he is a God who speaks. All right, he's a God who speaks, and he gives this command Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. All right, so he is speaking to us, and he gives us this commandment. Again, he gives us the command to hear, but as always, he goes first. But he gives us this command to hear him, to hear him. So this prayer, this passage right here, becomes a prayer uh, for the people of Israel. And it becomes something that, that they follow this so exactly, all right? When God says, we, I want you to uh, make this an ingrained part of your life. So when you're walking down the road with your children, I want you talking to your children about it. When you're sitting down in the table, at the table, I want you to impress it on their hearts. When you lie down to go to sleep, when you wake up, when you're coming in the house, when you're going out of the house, bind it on your foreheads, on your arms, on your doorposts, on your gates. Let it constantly be shaping who you are as a people. Make it this part of your rhythm, part of your rhythm. And so it became that for the people. It became this important forming prayer. And so the name of the prayer is the Shema. All right. That's a Hebrew word. And it's that word here. Okay, it's simply the word Shema means to hear. And so it became known by that first word in the prayer, Shema. Everybody say Shema. No, Shema. No, Shema. You had it right the first time. All right, cool. Awesome. I just had to do that too. All right. So, yes, yeah, so the Shema, okay? And that word means to hear. But as always is the case, it's not just with the, the dynamic depth of the Hebrew language. It's with our own language as well. But as is often the case, the word in itself carries so much more meaning than what we just see on the surface, okay? So it absolutely does mean to hear, and it has that meaning to it. 
But more than just hear, it also means to listen. And we realize that, that, that anyone who's ever been a kid in your, in your life ever, right, you know those are two different things, okay? <laughs> to hear and to listen. And then it actually adds another realm to it, to act, to act, okay? This right here is Shema. That overlapping part is what it means to Shema. This is for the teachers who just went back to school this week, all right? Let's hear it for the teachers. We're breaking out a Venn diagram for you. Awesome. And we know that this has to lead to this, which has to lead to this, okay? Uh, Like I said, anybody who's ever been a kid before, you remember your parent or your grandparent or your guardian say to you, they come up and they've told you to do something, They see that it's left undone, and what do they ask you? They don't ask, why didn't you do that? They ask, didn't you hear me? (laughs) Didn't you hear what I said? Because implied in the hearing is the listening, which leads to the acting, okay? God does this himself. He's already shown us in that first part that we're looking at, that he shamas, okay? That he shamas, he hears, But he doesn't just hear, he listens. He attunes his heart to the sound. And he doesn't just attune his heart to the sound. He acts and he moves in response to what he hears. And so now he's telling us to do the same. He's commanding us to do the same. To hear and then to move beyond it to listen. And then to move beyond that to act. That's what it means to Shema. As we move into the next section... He says this, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And again, there are more layers to this than we realize at the beginning. Be patient while I write, okay? Kind of slow. All right? This is love where all three of those are overlapping together. This is what love looks like. Sometimes it's difficult to explain love. I got a text this week from uh, someone who used to be in my youth group. Before I was doing this, I was a youth pastor, and that surprises no one, right? Okay, so I was a youth pastor for five years to an amazing group of students in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I got this text (laughs) from one of them. (laughs) This week, all right? (laughs) That is not love. (laughs) So I answered back to him. You have the gift of encouragement, but not discernment. And this is getting posted. All right? (laughs) So I'm calling him out right now. His name is Jordan DeMerchant. All right? Jordan, if you're listening to this podcast, you just got called out. Okay? So I actually have a text thread with several of those students Uh, that still text, and and we're still in communication with each other. And so I sent that screenshot to them, all right, just to shame Jordan in front of his friends. And uh, so he says this, hey, when are we all going to be within proximity? I'd enjoy that. And I said, I'll pay travel and housing for everyone. Sorry, wrong number. All right. All right. That is not love. This is love, all right? This is love. You can drop that, all right? (laughs) 
So when we're talking about this here, all right, that's what hearing looks like. That's what Shema looks like. And this, he says, is what love looks like. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And just like with this word of hearing, there are layers to what love looks like. Okay, this word heart in the Hebrew language, um, it encompasses so much more than what we think of when we think of heart. In the Hebrew language, uh, they use the same word for both heart and mind. For both heart and mind. I find that beautiful, by the way, in a community like ours. Okay? Oftentimes, it seems like faith communities ask you to divorce your mind and heart from each other. To separate your mind and heart. They want you to check your mind at the door and not ask any questions. And just to follow your heart. That's completely unbiblical. That is unbiblical. That's not how you're created. You're a holistic person. You're a complete person. And the mind and the heart must be united to each other. What kind of faith is it that's not strong enough to withstand your questions? In a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about what it looks like to even deconstruct your faith. What it looks like to struggle with God through a dark night. What it looks like to long for the morning to come and to wrestle with God all night long. And one of the things that you need to hear And forgive me if you haven't heard this before. Forgive me if I haven't been clear enough about this. But this right here is a safe community for you to deconstruct your faith. We're not offended by that. We're not scared of that. This is a safe community for you to deconstruct your faith. You can ask all of your questions. God's not afraid of them. Bring them all. Bring them all. Don't separate your heart and mind from each other they're joined together by the golden thread of wisdom and you need both you need both so this is a layered term all right that's more than just the seat of emotion it also means allegiance it means your reason all of that packed in together in this term the word soul similarly uh does not in in the hebrew language that this is this passage is written in. it doesn't mean the same thing that we often think of when we think of soul we a lot of times we make that very spiritual but in the hebrew language that word is more about the whole self the holistic self your existence who you are as a living being And then this word strength, similarly, doesn't just mean kind of power or how much you can lift. All right. Not much right here. okay? Um, But it doesn't just mean that it's not just a physical thing. This word uh, most like directly translated would be the word very or the word much. Love the Lord your God with all of your very muchness. All right. That's what it's about. This is what it's about. And all of these together are about the total capacity of who you are as a human being, of how he's created you. Hear Shema. Hear and then listen and then act. And love the Lord your God with all of your heart, which also means your mind. With all of your soul, which means your full self, your wholeness, your, the living being that you are. And with all of your strength. Your very muchness, every bit of who you are, your total capacity. This is what it means. Amen. Yes, Tamar. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Even better. <laughs> Keep going. All right. <laughs> mm, awesome. Yep. Amen. Amen. It's awesome. Absolutely. Yep. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. We're getting to that in just a few minutes, Demont. Demont, you are futuristic today. All right, keep going. I love it. All right, keep going. All right. So the last is this: the God who forms. All right, the God who forms. And so it says this at the end of that passage, after it tells them this rhythm of life that they should that this should influence and should shape. For what reason? So that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. For God to form that story in you and to form us around him as his beloved people, as his community, as God's people in this world. So the Shema becomes for the people as they follow this exactly. So the uh, phylacteries are what those were called. They would literally, uh, and still to this day, uh, very orthodox Jewish people still to this day will do this. Uh, they create these little leather boxes that they put very small versions of the word of God in there. And they literally bind it to their foreheads because that's what it says in this passage. This passage so formed them and so shaped them that that's what they did. They will, uh, there are leather straps that they wrap around their arms that go to their fingers with the symbol of that on it because he said, bind it to your foreheads and tie it to your arms as symbols. Okay, so they literally will do this. Uh, if you have um, family friends or friends where you visit their, their house uh, who are of the Jewish faith, then many of them still to this day will have this posted on their door frames that as you go into their house, uh, there's, a, there's a little like compartment that they have nailed to their doorpost. Inside that, the word of God, because they're keeping this exactly. All right, so they're keeping this to the word, okay? Um, and so that's, that's a part of it, all right? That, that is how much it shaped them and formed them as a people. This became a prayer that they would pray every morning and every evening. It became the rhythm of their lives, this prayer. So prayer becomes this pattern for them, and prayer forms them in their identity as God's people and reminds them of their mission as God's people, okay? And so it becomes that for them, this, this, this rhythm. So it's more than a ritual, okay? It's more than a ritual, don't just like cast this aside as some kind of empty motions that people are going through. It's not that. It is a rhythm that gives shape to the rest of their lives. You guys have those too. Some of you, it's the gym. For others of you, it's a TV show that you love. I'm not shaming like the difference between those two or anything, okay? <laughs> But you have these things. You've got a meeting that you hold every week. Like, oh, this person, I meet with them every week for coffee at this time. Your band or your small group or whatever else you have in your lives that have become a part of your rhythm. 
And you don't miss that. You don't miss that appointment. Uh, it's this thing that is that is established and these elements that are so ingrained as parts of your day or parts of your week that everything else falls in place around them. Everything else has to bend to them and align with them and get in beat with that rhythm of your life. That's what the Shema was for God's people as he was forming them in their identity of who they were in him. The Shema gave shape to their lives and it formed them in that identity as his people. It became the core prayer of formation for them. So that's why we begin here today. As we get ready to move into this 10th year of what it means to God to be God's people in this place, this expression of that. What it means to walk with him in this journey of prayer. To move deeper into this relationship with a God who hears, who speaks and who forms. Romans chapter eight formed into the likeness of Christ. Second Corinthians three transformed into the likeness of Christ. This is what it looks like for us on this journey together. We're going to hear, but we're going to move beyond hearing. We're going to listen. And we're going to move beyond listening. We're going to be surrendered to act and to walk in obedience. We're going to love them with our hearts and our minds, with our soul, our wholeness of who we are, and our very muchness, our total capacity of who we are as individuals, And as a community together, we're going to be formed in him and by his identity for us. Let me close with these questions. We're just going to open a few minutes up here. And we don't need uh, the band for this. We're going to just do this in silence for a few minutes. But these questions for you to contemplate. What is he hearing He's already hearing you. You're already praying because he's already hearing. What is it you think he's hearing? What's the depth of what's happening in you that maybe you haven't even expressed to anybody else? You feel like at any moment it might come out of you as a scream. Or it might come out of you in tears or it might come out of you in joy of laughter. What is he hearing that nobody else is? You need to know that you're heard. You are heard. You're already praying because he's already hearing. In this age in which we live where our social media platform gives us the chance to share every opinion we've ever had about anything with people we haven't seen since high school. And yet we still feel unheard. He hears you. He hears you. Next, what is he saying? What do you sense him saying? And even silence, taking moments like this of focusing in on it makes you afraid because you've kept that at a distance and you don't want to hear it. So you're trying to crowd it out, but now you're in a spot right now in this moment where you can't crowd it out. And so that voice is going to speak more clearly. What is he saying? What is he saying to you? Next question, what do you long to hear him say? What do you want him to say to you? That depth of the desire of your heart that you want to hear him speak over you. 
that hope that you want him to give to you? What do you want to hear him say? Open yourself up to it. What do you long to see him do? What move of the Holy Spirit have you been longing for? What particular act in your life have you been longing for? And then finally, what do you long to become in him? As he forms you in this journey of prayer, as he shapes you, what do you hope to become in him? What is that vision of yourself that you're longing for? And then ask yourself, where do you think that vision comes from? Where do you think that longing comes from? And are you surrendered to becoming what he wants to make you? Who he wants to form you into? We're going to take a few moments here and just sit with those questions. And then we'll move into communion together. God, thank you for hearing us, even when we don't know what to say. Thank you for speaking to us, even when we're afraid to respond. And help us when we find ourselves like every one of us does in those seasons where we feel like you are silent. Help us in those moments to know that it's okay to know that doubt is a part of faith to know that tearing down old structures might mean the opportunity for building new ones. Thank you that you form us as your people around you. We are shaped by your identity. We are formed by that. Help us to root ourselves in it. And to believe it. 
teach us what it means to pray. Be patient with us as we learn. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Jesus, on his last night with his disciples, took the bread that was on the table and he broke it. He said, this bread represents my body, which is broken for you. And he took the cup that was on the table. And he said, this cup represents my blood poured out for the salvation of the world. Every time you taste it, remember what I have done for you. That broken bread and poured out cup were going to symbolize the cross that Jesus was about to go to. And what looked like their worst nightmare as his disciples actually became the answer to our most ancient prayer and our deepest prayer. Lord, teach us how to pray. Today we're going to serve communion to each other and share in communion together. And There'll be two stations, one on this side and one on that side. Uh, if you need a gluten-free option, that will be available for you here. I'm going to ask Josh and Sarah Paxson to join me down here with Henry. Awesome. To serve in communion on this side. I'm going to ask Pastor Ron to serve on that side. And then I'll be here with a gluten-free option if you need that. Also today, you can pray here. There'll be a prayer station here or on that side and also at the back. Allison is back there, Pastor Allison, to pray with people if you need that. And that's a, something that we're moving into as well. And Allison is leading us in that, of having that back corner become a place of prayer. Okay, And if you need that, then, then that's open for you. So come and share in the Lord's table.